Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the TCB Podcast. I'm Sheena. And I'm Savannah. And we are a little tired um, <laughs> still. Uh, last week, we had a really wonderful first ever Graceland Performing Arts Camp. Yes. It, and it you was were, fabulous. Yeah, and you were a group leader, so I know you had a lot of really fun time with your kids. Yes, shout out to the Yellow Team, which we called the Yellow Roses of Memphis. So shout out <laughs> to all my girls and boys. Yeah, we had a blast. Honestly, it was incredible to see. Yeah, yeah. And, and the kids who came who maybe weren't necessarily Elvis fans, I know they left being Elvis fans. Yeah, definitely. But, and I loved seeing such die-hard. We had some serious die-hard serious Elvis fans. die-hard Elvis fans. And these, you know, my my kids were 5th, 6th, and 7th graders. Right. And they were obsessed. They were totally obsessed. And the thing I loved was I sat in for the Elvis 101 session where our archives team, you know, was showing basically telling Elvis a story for those who didn't know it. And a lot of these kids, they knew more about Elvis than a lot of adults I know. Right. I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, very smart kids and also, um, and yeah, as you say, huge fans of Elvis and very talented kids so as talented. well. They got mm-hmm. up on that stage, they acted, they sang, they danced, and every one of them did a wonderful job. Right. Yeah, I, I personally, like you said, I, I'm tired, but I had a great <laughs> time. I loved meeting um, all the kids and all the families, and I really do feel like we've all made lifelong connections. So totally. I'm super excited to, to go back next year and, yeah, and I know. do it all over. I think we're starting about doing a, um, a wait list mm-hmm. for next year so mm-hmm. stay tuned to graceland.com for more information on that but yeah it's um we've had a great time lately and to get started on this week's news naturally uh the big news this week is elvis week because we are knocking on the door of elvis week it is almost here yeah it's august 9th through the 18th as if you don't know i'm sure you <laughs> already know some of the new uh, information we have for y'all is that we'll have two new exhibits opening uh, at Elvis Presley's Memphis during Elvis Week. The new exhibit focusing on Lisa Marie is called Lisa Marie Growing Up Presley. I love that name. I do too. Uh, that exhibit will open August 10th, and Lisa will, of course, cut the ribbon. Uh, it will include personal items from her childhood, including her record player, roller skates, and clothing, as well as items from her musical career. Uh, we'll also get to know just Lisa the person, you know, her not only her charity work and her family, but also, you know, sort of how she handles her dad's legacy and and how she's taking care of that. So I think that's going to be a really special exhibit. And, of course, we're going to have a little uh, nod to the new Elvis gospel record um, where no one stands alone. The gospel music of Elvis Presley will be an expansion inside Elvis the Entertainer Career Museum. Uh, It'll include the three Grammys that he won for his gospel music. We'll have sheet music, original acetates, and much more, and it's all related to Elvis's love of gospel. Mm -hmm. So that'll be very special. Um, If you want to know more about these exhibits and Elvis Week events, of course, you can go to ElvisWeek.com. And we also just announced that online bidding has just opened for the auction at Graceland, which is happening during Elvis Week on August 12th. It features artifacts from third-party collectors, so don't get riled up. We're not auctioning off anything here. (laughs) And, of course, items include jewelry, furniture, signed contracts, some really historic documents in this. Yeah, we just looked through it today, and there's some great stuff on there. Yeah, really great things, no matter what you collect, whether it's jewelry, movie posters, there's something to 
been in there for everybody. Um, so you can go to graceland.com slash auction for more. And Elvis Sweet merch is now available for pre-order at Shop Graceland. So go to store.graceland.com and get those goods. Which we said before are adorable. Very cute. Look really, really <laughs> cute. Yeah, the, the merchandise at Graceland is just getting better and better and better. So yeah. love it. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm super excited to announce, if you saw on Facebook and a, a few other places, uh, that we are getting a brand new Graceland's Chapel in the Woods. And this is exciting for you as a special events coordinator yes, here at Graceland. Yes, I do weddings and events here, so this is right at home for me. I'm super, super excited. <laughs> um, it's going to be amazing. You know, we've had the current chapel for um, 18 years. We mm-hmm. opened it in 2000, and we've right. had brides and grooms from literally all over the world, the majority of our brides and grooms are international so yeah, um you know we're super excited to embark on this new adventure uh the celebration is going to kick off august 13th with our day of love we'll have a wedding and a group vow renewal ceremony yeah, i haven't seen it yet but i've seen the renderings and it looks absolutely beautiful yes similar to what we have but a little bit more modern right in between us and the uh, hotel it's going to be absolutely gorgeous so That's to learn awesome. more about the day of love go to graceland.com yeah and and while you're on Graceland.com, go check out the Graceland blog. Um, our special guest blogger this week is Ann Moses. And you may not know her, no- her name right off the top of your head, but trust me, you know her one way or another. She was editor of Tiger Beat magazine from 1965 to 1972. Uh, she sat on the stage for Elvis's ni- uh, 68 comeback special. She's toured Elvis and Colonel Parker's offices. She watched filming for Change of Habit. She also attended Elvis's opening shows in July of 1969 in Vegas Um, and she was also featured in Elvis that's the way it is Wow! and that's probably how you know her is you do see her on there and she speaks a couple of times and for our blog this week she wrote in depth about the filming that she and her friends did for that documentary and it's really interesting to hear how she became an Elvis fan how her friends became Elvis fans and how they all sort of came together for a big celebration that ended up it was filmed for the documentary it wasn't included in the movie but it's a really cool documentary or a really cool uh, story that she shares so you can go to blog.graceland.com to read that and if you want to hear more from her like about the six day special or change of habit or Elvis's Vegas shows you can actually hear from her at conversations on Elvis Elvis connections during Elvis week so she's one of our Elvis week guests as well awesome so yeah she's a really cool lady and has a lot of really awesome Elvis stories to tell which we love (laughs) that's awesome that's super exciting So, uh, this week in Celeb Elvis Sightings, we have actress Evangeline Lilly, who starred in the new Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, which was very good. Uh, (laughs) She posted a video of herself on Instagram in a white jumpsuit with the caption, working on my Elvis strut. Yeah, it was really cute. It's a really pretty (laughs) jumpsuit, too. Yeah. Um, And then actor Zachary Levi, known for the TV show Chuck, movies like Tangled, and of course the Thor movies, posted a neon TCB sign on Instagram with the caption, all day, every day. I think I need that TCB sign. Which we can relate to. (laughs) All day, every day, Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's jump to some Elvis history. We have some really interesting times in Elvis's life in uh, late July, early August. 
So, on July 26, 1954, this is when Elvis signs a formal contract with Sun Records. And it's also signed by his parents because he's underage. (laughs) (laughs) Hard to imagine that. The uh, the contract also calls for a minimum of eight sides over a two-year period with a royalty rate of 3% of the wholesale price. I hope hope Elvis understood all that because I admit I don't. Yeah. But okay. Me neither. (laughs) All right, so July 28, 1954, Elvis's first print interview appears in the Memphis Press Scimitar, saying that he is equally popular on popular folk and race record programs. Yeah, so basically saying he's kind of sl- slaying it yeah. in all genres. Yeah. <laughs> Ads are beginning to appear promoting the Overton Park show, misprinting his name as Ellis. Presley. <laughs> I mean, this is 54, you know? <laughs> that is hilarious. Meanwhile, Elvis and the boys are still holding down their regular day jobs, uh, with Elvis receiving this week's Crown Electric check for $46, uh, which equals 40 hours at $1 an hour and four hours of overtime. And y'all, let me tell you, I included these because by the end <laughs> of our little Elvis week in history, uh, or this week in Elvis history, uh-huh. I got it backwards. Um, we will see that he ended up making some serious bank. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, literally, when you look at these first three dates here, they're all in 54, all in uh, late July. It's sort of him starting to, you know, the wheels are starting to turn on his career. He gets signed at, at Sun Records. He has his first print interview. And then July 30th of 1954, uh, he's performing at the Overton Park Shell in, here in Memphis, which you can still go to and see some really incredible live shows there, usually for free, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Elvis's first build performance takes place as part of the Hillbilly Hoedown, starring Slim Whitman and Billy Walker. And this is precious, y'all. Elvis is so nervous that his leg his legs begin to shake as he sings, and the crowd goes wild <laughs> uh the at first elvis thought they were making fun of him until he was told they were reacting to his movements so during his encore he shook his legs again but this time on purpose yes very smart man there <laughs> i love it so so cool and history was made yeah <laughs> so on july 27 1957 elvis has the 1956 cadillac el dorado that he and june picked up in houston customized inside and out and painted purple and you can see that inside of presley motors yeah you can okay and then this is just a couple of years i mean just think about it y'all in 1954 he's getting paid a dollar an hour in 1957 specifically july 30th 1957 uh loving you opens nationwide and will peak at number seven on variety's national box office survey so in just a couple of years he's a movie star yeah he's putting a lot of he's putting a lot of pressure on me my goodness (laughs) all right well on august 5th 1959 on or around this date Dick Clark conducts a telephone interview with Elvis in Germany, informing him that he had been named in the American Bandstand popularity poll as the favorite male vocalist, and and his was the favorite record of 1958. See, isn't that cool? I mean, Elvis is in Germany serving, worried that his fans have forgotten him, but they clearly have not. Exactly. <laughs> so cool. And I'm sure it lifted his spirits over oh, there. yeah, totally. And on July 21st, 1960, Elvis obtains his first degree black belt in karate, and he will carry that certificate in his wallet until his death. Oh, that Very did sweet. mean a lot to him. It really did. So on August 4th, 1960, Elvis is fitted for brown contact lenses to change his blue eye color for a roll, but in the end, he decides not to wear them. Yeah, and a lot of fans got really tore up over the poster for The Searcher, the documentary that came out earlier this year, but actually the picture that they used, he is wearing 
he just had brown eyes in that picture. It's because he's wearing these contacts. I believe it's for Flaming Star. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he didn't wear them in the movie, and he never wore them elsewhere. But there is this couple of photographs of him wearing those contact lenses. So, fans, that's a real picture there. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> we know his eyes were blue. Yeah. Um, and this is a really sweet story that I wanted to include because I think this really shows what a heart this man had, y'all. On August 5th, 1974, Elvis contributes to a fund for singer-songwriter Ivory Joe Hunter, who has been hospitalized with cancer. And along with the check, Elvis sends a note, and this is quoted here. I'm very sorry to hear of Joe's illness. I have been a longtime admirer of Ivory Joe and his talent. Please tell Joe for me that I wish him a speedy recovery. Joe is a great talent and has been an inspiration to many artists that have come along. It hurts me deeply to hear of his condition. I sincerely hope that this check will be of some help. Thank you for letting me know about Joe. Sincerely, Elvis Presley. Wow. Very sweet. And if you haven't ever listened to Ivory Joe, he is he's a fascinating guy. Unfortunately, he did pass away, I think, later in 74. Um, but he was interesting. He was both an R&B and a country singer. <laughs> um, one big hit is called Since I Met You, Baby. It's a great song. And he has one of the distinct honors of being honored at both the Monterey Jazz Festival and the Grand Ole Opry. I That's mean, funny. jazz and R&B yeah. and country, too. So he's he, he was really a, a very talented person. And it's very easy to listen to him and see where Elvis was inspired by him. Exactly. So, yeah, that just, uh, that's Elvis for you. That's awesome. <laughs> so July 27th, 1975, Elvis is back in Memphis and spends $140,000 uh, buying 14 Cadillacs that he gives away as gifts. One of those Cadillacs that he gives away goes to a complete stranger, <laughs> a mini person uh, that he sees window shopping while he's at the dealership. Isn't that amazing? I need to hang out at the dealership a little bit more. <laughs> Only if Elvis is around, <laughs> Yeah, I love hearing these stories about Elvis. It seems like he's always just doing something so kind. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he realized where he came from. You know, we have those stories of him at the beginning working for a dollar an hour, and his name is misspelled right. <laughs> on the poster. And here we are just, what is it, 20 years later, he's buying people Cadillacs. Exactly. That's incredible. It is. So uh, to wrap up today, we are going to include an interview uh, with the lovely Miss June Juanico. Uh, she dated Elvis the, uh, there in the 50s. Um, I believe this was from one of our birthday celebrations a couple of years ago. And she's just such a lovely lady and got some fun stories to share. So enjoy this interview. Yeah. And uh, we'll holler at you next week. All right. Thanks, y'all. Uh, I'm so pleased to welcome uh, this next lady uh, to join me here who uh, had spent I would, what I kind of imagine as a magical time with Elvis Presley in, in 1955 and really also in the summer of 1956 as he was becoming a superstar. Um, she spent some very intimate time with him. They were very close. She's been here before. Many of you have met her before. She's one of the sweetest ladies from Biloxi. Please welcome June Juanico. I'm terrible with these things. I really am. That's okay. I get carried away, and I'll talk to you, and then I'll get scared away. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're close here. We're, 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 we're yeah, close. We're we're, close. We're, yeah, we're all here. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's got to be, I would imagine, surreal for you when you are, here we are, 
celebrating Elvis's 81st birthday. When you get ready to come to an event like this, kind of what, what's going through your mind? Well, this last time when, uh, when I was invited to come back, I thought, well, you know, I'm not getting any younger, so I better make an opportunity, you know, to see all of you one last time and uh, say hello and just be part of it because it's been a, it really has consumed most of my life because Elvis being my first love and when you try and forget your first love and how can you forget your first love when he happens to be Elvis Presley? It's just, it's just not going to happen. You know, you hear his name two or three times a day, just, you know, randomly. So how many here have met me before? You know, oh, yay. Hello, friends. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Well, and there's some new folks, too, uh, that are joining us, I know, and, and we're glad to have them here, too. And I, I want to take you back to to July of, of 1956, um, when, when Elvis was on vacation, when he was just on the, I mean, don't be cruel, hound dog, on the radio, and then here... Don't he, forget Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> and, and, and you see, uh, in that year, you know, he, he was uh, exhausted. Here, let me get it. <laughs> I'm getting drier and drier. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, Save my lid. Here you go. There it is right there. So he, he gets some well-deserved vacation time, and he wants to come spend it with you. Right. So he rolls up in, in Biloxi in a white El Dorado, right? Correct, yeah. And yeah, he had sideburns blowing in the breeze in this white Cadillac convertible, and he, there's a crowd of girls that are, are everywhere that they think he might appear. And he looks at me, and he's, he's pretty upset, and he said, you told everybody I was coming? <laughs> I said, I think you did that. Because, I mean, we had little, you know, two-lane roads and everything. Bluxy small. Everybody knew everybody. And uh, the entire um, uh, high school of Sacred Heart, all-girls school, was out in my front yard. <laughs> and I, I couldn't announce that he was coming. I didn't know it. He, was, he always just showed up, you know. So. so he surprised you. Yeah. He didn't tell you that he was coming. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. So he shows up, and, and I guess he came to see you, but then he checked into a little place called the Sun and Sand uh, Hotel. That's where he was going to stay. That's where he thought he was going to stay, right? Correct. And that's, I guess, when a lot of the, the crowds started gathering around once they caught wind that he was there. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't I guess, get to his car. He, you know, he couldn't leave. The, it was really um, well, kind of surprising, terrific, fun, you know, um, uh, my mother's boyfriend had a vacant uh, house that he used to rent out, and it was vacant. And he said, come on up. You can stay at my place. Well, soon that place filled up with people, you know, and girls and screamers and scratchers and yellers. And <laughs> so we ended up going to uh, spend time out at Gulf Hills Dude Ranch in Ocean Springs. And um, it was a really – it was secluded. If you didn't know how to get around in Gulf Hills – you would go in Gulf Hills and get totally lost for hours. And um, so that was perfect for him, you know, people just riding all over looking for him. And, and we were very secluded. <laughs> at first he stayed at the villas, and then he rented um, a two-story home right on the golf course on the very end of it. And it was, um, it was nice. It's still there. Is that the Hack House? The Hack House. The Hack House, mm -hmm. okay. 
So they eventually went there. So the sun and sand didn't last long. He was, that was that visit. Uh, no, didn't that last was. long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and when he came down in July, he went. He took you and and you went on a date, and your mom went too, right? Well, we went on. The only time my mom was with us on, was on a fishing trip. Okay. Yeah. No, no dates. No dates. Mom don't go on dates. No. 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 <laughs> no. Mom loved Elvis. My, I just lost my mother in 06. And uh, she was 91. No, she's had a great life. And, um, so, and she loved Elvis. She loved Elvis. We had to put her in the hospice in her final day. She only stayed in the hospice one, one day overnight. And I brought uh, my, uh, all my gospel CDs and a little boom box. And that's what, how me and my mother spent her last hours with that real loud, and all the nurses would pass by, and, and even some of the patients that were there that were walking around, some of them actually leave hospices. You never know what's going to happen. But everybody left um, my mom's room with a big smile, you know, because of the, of the music I was playing. Oh, and, and so she totally, from the beginning, did she approve of Elvis? Oh, from she the loved him. She loved him. Elvis said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, and please, and that just did her <laughs> she was sold so, so when when as you all are hanging out and you went fishing i mean word gets out this is around the same time that the word or the radio stations or there was a radio station saying that you all were going to get married oh yes and um tom parker got wind of that and so after that tom and his his little crew that he paid to spy on me and elvis and <laughs> bit bitsy mott was Elvis's uh, gate at the guard on Audubon Drive. And I was there at Audubon Drive, and um, Bitsy was the lookout man, Colonel Parker's um, brother-in-law. And Elvis thought that nobody knew I was in Memphis. <laughs> Bitsy might, you know, open the, the gate for us to come in and out. So, Yeah, it was kind of hard hiding from Tom Parker. Well, and I want to ask you about the colonel, but... Were you with Elvis when, I guess, he, the radio station was saying he was going to get married, and he said, well, I'm going to drive to the radio station. Was, were you with him that's when y'all went down time, there? That's the first time that I heard um, Tom Parker's name. And um, it came on the radio, New Orleans radio station, and it said, um, well, we, we understand that Elvis is in Biloxi, Mississippi. He's here to see June Monico, and rumor has it that he's engaged to be married. And Elvis was just... Driving the car, he says, oh, my God. Y'all heard he that said, on the radio. On the radio. And he said, oh, my God. He said, where is this, where is this guy coming from? Well, you know, that's a, a phrase, you know, like, where are you coming from? And I thought he meant, where does this guy get off saying that, you know? He said, no, I mean, where is he coming from? The voice, where is he located? And I said, he's at the radio station in New Orleans. And off we headed. And... Uh, we were standing, we found the radio station in one of the hotels over there, and there was a big glass uh, window, and the disc jockey, whatever he was, was sitting right behind there, and he was busy doing his thing and talking, and, and we were like four of us out there and looking in, and he looked up, and he, he glanced, and he did this, and he spotted Elvis, <laughs> and he said, um... You'll never believe who just walked in my studio. <laughs> so we, we both went in at different times and denied those rumors, those bad rumors that we were engaged. 
And of course, when you get there, there's nobody there. And uh, by, I guess by the time the interview was over, the hotel had to have been filled with girls. It was packed. We couldn't hardly get out. <laughs> One reporter wrote in his comment about this incident, he said, if you wanted to faint, you had to walk three blocks. <laughs> there was no room to fall down. <laughs> so, so he cleared that up uh, yeah. early on. Best and we've as he could. Heard the interview, some of mm -hmm. it, talking about the only thing he was married to was his career. That was what he was yeah. interested and in. And June is just one of the girls. Ah. <laughs> but you all went on after that, as you mentioned, fishing. And you had such a good time um, with your mom who went fishing. That's when he called Vernon and Gladys and said, y'all right. got to come down here. Right, right yeah. Brought him down. I guess it was about a week later, maybe, and we all went out on another deep fishing excursion. And it was just, when I think back on some of the unbelievable, fun, sweet, innocent times that we had, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm really blessed. So I, um, I'm totally in love with this man, just and totally stupid. <laughs> You know how you know everything when you're 18. Yeah. So. And as um, Glenn was saying, um, he, he's lived his life. Well, not, not one regret. <laughs> I have more than a few. <laughs> more than a few. <laughs> I sometimes say a little prayer at night, and I say, and by the way, can I have do-overs? <laughs> uh, speaking of night, I want to share this with you, because... Every once in a while, not often, uh, I have dreams, and Elvis is in my dreams, and um, they're innocent, wonderful, fun dreams. And, um, and I, I remember them in detail when I wake up in the morning, but then I wake up, and it's like I wake up to reality. And so my day after a dream is totally shot, just <laughs> totally shot, you know? Because it's, you know, it happened back then and it's gone forever and it's just, so I don't ask for dreams often. But, yeah, when I get a dream, I appreciate it. During the dream, I don't, I don't want, I wish not to wake up, you know, so. I, I want to ask you, I want to talk about uh, Gladys and Vernon Presley. I, I think the account, I think it's great when he called, so they come down, they drove down in the pink Cadillac. Right. <laughs> and, and so when they arrived at the Sun and Sand, that, big, that big pink Cadillac that's in the car museum, yeah, yeah. Elvis even is here. There when they arrived at the Sun and Sand, right? No, but everybody saw a pink Cadillac, mm -hmm. and they just flipped out. They assumed it was Elvis. Was this in the car. one of the first times that? Because I'm gonna assume Gladys might have been overwhelmed. Here are all these girls are around this car, and it's all for her son, and mm -hmm. this is just all exploding at the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah. What did she say about that? Um, she really didn't say much. She was frightened about all of it uh, because, I mean, when you got when you got a crowd of people, get you know, they actually would shake the car and do all kind of weird things and knock on the windows and lipstick and draw phone numbers and stuff. And um, but when we finally got back in touch with her and they met up, then he made arrangements for them to to come to Gulf Hills and stay. And so and Gladys Presley was. A super, super wonderful mom. There's people that actually think that uh, Elvis and Gladys had a strange relationship, mother and son, and it was strangely beautiful. It was uh, because she felt in her heart that she had given El had been given Elvis 
to take good care of because he was meant to touch a lot of lives and a lot of people and do good things. And he did. He did. And he's still doing it. He employs lots of people and he's still doing good things. Can you tell that I still love Elvis? <laughs> I think everybody in this room does too, Jude. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to love Elvis. I, I, I love the fact that when you all went fishing, um, Gladys brings a loaf of bread and some <laughs> peanut butter and some banana, right? Yes. That's, that's on the film. I don't know if you're going to play some of that or not, but uh, Elvis made... I mean, Glad... Well, there's y'all. I called her... I called her Lovey. Oh, showing it. Uh, she's feeding him a peanut butter banana sandwich, and people thought that was strange, and I said... His hands smell like fish. Would you hold your own peanut butter sandwich with fishy hands? No. So, look how sweet that is. That was a pink, pink and black striped shirt. That's Red West. That's me with the bandana. Like I was really, you know, trying to look good all the time. Pin curls in my hair. Uh, that, that's a boom on the top of the boat. And he pretended to be singing, singing to the boom. I don't get along with this thing. Uh, look at those legs. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. We were actually on top of the boat. That was the most private part of the boat, on top. Because you could see. Hey, sweetheart. Oh, oh. <laughs> When I pass, uh, I've got um, the picture of the cover of my book, and it's Barnes and Noble made it poster size, and I've got it hanging in one of my guest bedrooms, and I pass this picture all the time, and I have to do this, and just touch it. I have to, so and I haven't cleaned the glass on it in a while, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, June. So this you... was that was a taken in Memphis in one of those little booths where you get four pictures for a dollar. And Elvis kept all four of them, and I guess in a safe place because they had burned a lot of things, I understand, and um, had that one blown up. And so my mug was still in his heart. Um, I, uh, Gladys was, Lovey was very sick. She said, June, you've got to stop calling me Mrs. Presley. And I said, well, you know, as Southerners, we're born and raised, it's Mr. and Mrs. And, uh, and I said, what would you like for me to call you? She said, my name is Gladys Love Smith Presley. Pick one. Only <laughs> one out of two, Gladys or Love. And I said, your middle name is Love? And she said, yeah. I said, that's, I love that. That's really terrific. I really do love the name. I'll call you Lovey. And she said, I love that. She said, I've never been called Lovey before. So it was me and Lovey against the world. You know, and she said, uh, she said, you gotta stop calling me Gladys because you are gonna be one of the family one of these days. And she was saying it in the back, she was over here in the back seat of the car. And Elvis is driving and Vernon is being his usual quiet self right behind me. He even snored on the trip a couple of times. <laughs> and she said, uh, you will be part of the family one day. And, um, and I looked at Elvis, and he said, I didn't tell her. <laughs> he said, she's pretty smart. You know, she knows a lot. So 
and she was very smart, very smart. She was blessed with the, the gift of um, insight. Um, she, she knew a lot more than people gave her credit for knowing, just because she had little book learning is what she referred to it. But she said, I may have, you know, I don't have a lot of education, but I know a lot, June. And I said, I know, because she would grill me on different things. I say grill because the first time I went to leave the state of Tennessee and go with him to buy the, the white Cadillac convertible, we flew to Houston and picked that up. Before we left, she wanted to know my age, my date of birth, and all this, all this kind of stuff, you know. And I assured her that, you know, that I was close to Elvis. I would never do anything, anything to harm his career or anything like that, you know. So at 18, you was not a minor. You was dumb, but you wasn't a minor. <laughs> but that had to be tough for you, too, to hear you. And, and did you and Elvis talk about it? I mean, like when you go to the radio station, he has to deny this. And you know his career is the most important thing. At the same time, you're sharing these intimate moments with him, talking mm -hmm. about the future, spending time with his family. I mean, did you talk about how it would continue, how it would go on? What, was there a plan? There was a plan. Um, we were... Um, at Gulf Hills, and we had a blanket out on the lawn, and it, the sky was filled with stars, and we were watching the stars, and lucky enough, we'd see one of them do that little number every once in a while. And um, he said, will you marry me, June? And I said, yes, I will. <laughs> and uh, he said, I can't get married right away. I promised the colonel, is what he called him, that I would wait at least three years. And I said, I'm not in any big hurry. I'll wait three years for you. And uh, so we had to keep this quiet. Naturally, I told my mother. And then when we went to Miami, Florida together for this tour, uh, some reporter found out that I was there and called my mother on the phone and was making it sound like, uh, are you sure you know what you're doing, lady? You know, you got your daughter is entrusted in Elvis Presley's hands. <laughs> and she said it was making, it, making me sound like I was not a caring mother, that I shouldn't be letting you travel all over the United States with Elvis Presley. And she said, I said they're, they're engaged to be married, you know, and so that got out. And so that was the first time that I saw Tom Parker face to face. Elvis and I are sitting very close. It was, come sit Right here, right, right here. And I couldn't sit next to him, he, right here, and he pulled me closer. I was always practically in his lap. And there was a knock on the door, and someone let Tom Parker in, and he had a newspaper in his hand, and it was like half, half folded. And he walks in, and he, sit, he looks at Elvis like, I'm not even there. And he slaps that paper with his other hand, and he says, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. This is going to end your career. It's got to stop. And he popped that paper. And um, so he said, so I don't know what you're going to do about it, but we have to get something done about it. And then he exited the room with a slammed door. I said, well, that's Tom Parker. Yay. <laughs> Hello, June. So that's Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you, June. So his main goal at that period of time in Parker's life was to get rid of that girl from Biloxi. 
and he succeeded. And I'll basically tell you in short words, he kept throwing, Parker kept throwing showgirls in my face. Um, he always had a reporter there to take pictures and it would come out in the Memphis Commercial Appeal. And there was a drugstore at my, right down the street from my house and, and the, you know how those things, newspapers come in those stands. And I was constantly walking by and seeing, and he said, June, don't pay any attention to what you see, hear, read, or anything. I've, it's things I've got to do. And so, oh, well and fine. So I'm seeing all these, and poor lovey. She never knew who was going to knock on her door and be staying overnight at Audubon Drive. And Christmas Day, I stayed home until like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't go with the family. I stayed there, hoping to get a phone call. That phone call didn't come. But the next day, I saw a picture of another showgirl, a different one. This one was kind of sort of prettier than the last one. And uh, there was one that wasn't pretty at all. I thought, yay! You know? <laughs> he liked long legs, so what, you know. <laughs> but anyhow, it was Christmas Day, and when I saw that, I just, it just was, I was just overcome, and I said, Elvis could have said, if I'm going to spend Christmas Day with someone, it's going to be June, you know, and um, that's why I got mad with Elvis, because I thought he could, he could speak up and say something to this man that was controlling his life, so anyhow, the con man won. And I ended up saying goodbye to Elvis and breaking my own heart as well. And I, uh, I married on the rebound about three months later. And that was it. That's the name of that tune. What, now, I read something about when you went back home to Biloxi, uh, Elvis or somebody wanted you to do a photo session or have photos taken. I did. And you did, but mm -hmm. you did, but... There was a photo where you were crying. Right. Well, because... You entered it, it actually won some photo competition. He did, yeah. <laughs> it's, it had, I had some neck showing in the photograph. He might have won higher awards. But really, <laughs> neck. <laughs> the, you may, I, if you've got the book, you've seen the photograph. It's looking up, at, at, you know, this way, and you can see tears coming down. Got this little weird pixie haircut, and Elvis never saw me with the same hairstyle. You know, from curlers to... Short to long to blonde and all kind of good things. So, did you send the picture to him? I did, and I signed it uh, to my only beloved, always and forever. Now that's two really strong words, always and forever. They're kind of the same, aren't they? But that was, you know, it was always and forever for me. I thought so then. The photographer, when I walked in, he said, "Did you want a serious picture?" Picture smiling, picture laughing. What kind? I said, I really don't care. You can take one crying if you'd like. And he said, seriously, you want to take one crying? I said, I really don't care. So that's what we did. You used to sing with Elvis, too. I didn't, oh. Yeah, listen, the, was it the Pink Pony or wherever y'all used well, to hang out? Yeah, but uh, the, the time that I did sing with Elvis, picture this. Pic picture this special moment, if you could have it. The Jordanaires were sitting in Elvis's den on Audubon Drive, the Jordanaires are there 
to rehearse for the Ed Sullivan show that was coming up. And they're sitting in the floor in a circle. Well, June behind was right there next to Elvis. <laughs> and they started, they rehearsed what they were going to do for Sullivan. And, oh, doggone it. I, my mouth is so dry. I feel like Sahara Bill. Hold that for me, will you? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> My lips are stiff. You know, Miss America uh, contestants wear Vaseline on their teeth because of this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I, can, I can't concentrate with two hands going. Where was I? Jordan Ayers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, so after they rehearsed what they were going to do on the Sullivan show, and um, that's when he sang to the Hound Dog, and they filmed him from the waist up. Um, then he said, all right, let's, let's do something that we love. And they started singing gospel songs. And they sang a, two or three gospel songs, and then they broke out in this one gospel song that I, I, we had in a, our graduating class sang. So I knew the tenor part or alto, whatever you, it's basically the same, one's higher and one's lower. So they're singing this, and when it come time to bring the tenor voice, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and shy little June's just broke out in, in tenor, <laughs> and everybody, they were still singing, but all the eyes of the Jordan Ayers went over to this little girl, and here she is, right on key in my, in my harmony. And Elvis was just beaming. He just, he didn't know that I could sing harmony. <laughs> and so, I mean, sing harmony with Elvis Presley and the Jordan A is right in the middle of all. In the living room. Yes. Yes. Did you all ever speak again? Did you ever get correspondence from him? Uh, yes. We, it was, we accidentally met uh, in 1963. I got married in 57. Um, I, my firstborn child was born um, hours, just hours after Lovey passed away. And I, one of my regrets is I, uh, I just wasn't thinking about it. And I got the news, you know, and I wasn't even really recuperated yet from having a baby. Well, that was a real fun trip. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, oh, God, where was I? <laughs> when you get my age, you'll, you'll stop and have those moments. Of, what was we talking about now? So you weren't able to be here you, for, when she passed away. Right, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I was unable to make it. I don't know that if I would have tried to make it. But um, In 63, you heard from I, him, yes. or you ran into him. We had a, a bowling tournament. I was quite the bowler. Bowled a 600-degree, a 600-degree, 600-series and oh. yeah, and I won second place in the Mississippi State doubles. And, and I'm sorry, doubles, I won first place in our team event in the whole United States. We came in 18th. That ain't bad. Yeah, that's the whole not, country, yeah. That's not bad, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, had pretty good arm. <laughs> Quite athletic as a young So, where student. did you see him in 63? We, the girls, there was five of us that drove up for the tournament, and uh, they wanted to come, go, come by the mansion. The, the little man at the front gate at the mansion opened the door, and he's being very nice. And he looks at me, and he says, 
are you June? And I said, yes, I am. And so he told us that Elvis was at the theater. I'm um, no, yeah, um, Right, thank you so much. <laughs> and so we drove up to the, the theater, parked the car. We, Marie had a hot pink 1955 Ford. So she, when she bought the Ford, Marie was a friend of mine that was kind of being with Elvis when he was in town. And I, I really didn't keep up with him that much, you know. And I don't know, just mind your own business, June. He'll get in touch with you, whatever. And um, so all, there were all glass doors in the front of this theater. And we knocked on one of the doors. And this a strange face come to the door. And, and he opened the door and he said, you're June, aren't you? <laughs> I said, yeah, how did you know that? He said, I saw your picture at the mansion. Lots of pictures at the mansion. And uh, I said, I, uh, Elvis is here? And he said, yeah, he's here. And I said, uh, could we talk to him? And he said, yeah, he'll be thrilled to see you. And I said, how about if I um, surprise him? Would that be all right? When I think back on it, it was not a good thing to do. Uh, <laughs> seriously. So he, he brings me down, and there's two people sitting in the middle of the theater. This side is full and that side's full. Only two people, Elvis and Priscilla. And um, so I walked the row behind Elvis and I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, somebody's here to surprise you. And he, he does this. <laughs> then he, got, he stood up and he kneeled in his chair and we hugged for quite a while. And then... Um, Tommy Esposito, is it Tommy? Joe. Joe, Joe. There's a Tommy that lives in Biloxi. Joe Esposito comes running thinking some girl's got Elvis in a headlock. <laughs> so, uh, and when, when Joe comes up, Elvis looks at Joe and he said, Joe, this is Wally Toronto's sister-in-law. Elvis has made their close friends, my brother-in-law and Elvis. Small world, isn't it? So I had two people telling Elvis what I was doing, you know, and how many children I had, and, you know. Elvis said, are you, are you doing okay? Uh, you, you know, is there anything I can do for you? And dumb me, I said, uh, oh, if, if I was any happier, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> and if I would have said, a new car wouldn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> I would have had a new car the next day, you know? You would have, I'm sure I, I, of it. I, I, I guarantee it. I guarantee I had a new car that next day. So, well, it's 18, no, I was, I was 20, 23, I think, then. Yeah. Oh, dear. God. I love you, Elvis. Uh, oh, that's me. <laughs> there he is, June. There he is. Well, thank you so much for being here again and sharing your memories. I know... I have, I have one more thing to say, and it's for, you, for those of you who were here last year, uh, in 12, 2012, I, uh, I said some fairly unkind things about Tom Parker, and I wanted to apologize to you, the fans, um, not, not for saying the bad things, but for saying the bad things in front of you. So. I really don't think anybody in here uh, was offended by that. 
Yes, yes, yes. So you're okay, Jude. You're fine. And thank you again for joining us here and being here. Thank Back you, at Graceland thank, again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank all you for coming, and, and thanks for your faithful love and all that good stuff. We will always love Elvis. Always. June Juanico, ladies and gentlemen.